Hello and welcome to all that good stuff, a no-nonsense podcast where we share the good, the bad and the ugly of building a startup business. And today we've got a special one. It's me, it's Sam, and it's the beautiful Pete. He stood outside, I can see his lovely face against a brick wall, as, <laughs> as all modern day Robin Hoods do. Hello Pete, hello Sam, how are you all doing? Now then. <laughs> all good mate, all good. Uh, so yeah, I've got an interesting one with Pete being on. Um, Pete dropped a video into the community that we are part of um, the other week, right? In regards to um, an acquisition of a business and, and, and talking a little bit more about that and why he did that um, and the thought process behind it. So we thought it'd be just be really interested to bring Pete on and talk to us a little bit about himself, the business that he runs and acquisitions. I mean, it's not even anything I've even thought of. So it's kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, that sounds like big and fancy. So it'd be interesting to hear somebody's insight on that. But, but Pete, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on, on yourself and what your business is and, and how you got into it, mate? Cool. Right. Where do you start? So, um, Pete, Pete Bowers, 40 years old. So I feel like a right kind of over the old compared to some of the young whippersnappers that seem to be in um, Startup Diary. <laughs> um, which is kind of, yeah, that's where I kind of all, heard all, all of this sort of stuff. You know, started get, that was Startup Diary that got me into podcasts literally one year ago today. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so every year we go on the same holiday down to the Isle of Wight and it's yeah. whilst walking the dog that I go off and start. And I started listening to podcasts last year. Um, and yeah, Startup Diary got me hooked and literally binged it for what about two three weeks and fired through a few hundred episodes of that and then just podcasts in general uh, it's just, yeah it's nuts while we're, on, while we're on the topic then mate what, what other podcasts are you into what other podcasts you listen to um oh, you know what i was going to write all this sort of stuff down and then today's just been nuts so, <laughs> uh, so first thing in the morning um speed mentor podcast What's that? Um, again? The Speed Mentor podcast. Speed Mentor. It's yeah. So, a guy, Northern Irish um, entrepreneur. Um, he is. It is not one to listen to while the kids are around. He f's and jeffs all over the place. But he is mint. <laughs> it is that fifteen minutes of little snippets. He says it's not funny, and everybody raves about it. It's it's brilliant. If you just want like a little pick me up, where you get some guys saying what the F are you going to do this morning? Come on, let's do this, let's do that. You know, stop wasting time, you know. Um, Kick up the arse in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And it's like a little 10, 15 minutes. I love listening to that. Um, yours, the the couple which, um, what's it called? It's um, the Startup Diary do. I listen to those. And then listen to, I listen to some very specific ones. So things like... Um, Knocked on, which is an archery related one, which is the industry that I'm in at the moment. Um, I listen to oh, come on, you know what? All, all, type, all types of see stuff. If I can pull up, yeah, yeah, so I'm gonna pull up. So, London Real, love London Real, big kind of, yeah. I've listened, I've, I've seen, I haven't listened to London Real podcast, but I've listened, to, I've seen some of his kind of shows and interviews that he's done on, on YouTube a little while back. So, yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, so he manages to get loads of stuff in. Um, Mind Your Own Business by Lawrence Jones. Mind Your Own Business, no, that one. I'm writing all these down, mate. Carry on, carry on, let's go. Yeah, um, Infinite Monkey Cage. I just love it. 
think that's brilliant. Is that got Brian Cox on it? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There's Pete's rundown of, of podcasts, mate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, sounds good. I, I'm, I'm going to catch up on Speed Mentor Podcast and Mind Your Own Business. And, I'm subscribing uh, yeah. to them now. Always, always looking for new recommendations, so that's good. Uh, but yeah, mate, tell us yeah. a little bit about, you mentioned archery, so not on his podcast, yeah. archery podcast, so tell us a little bit about what you do. So how, how did I get into it? So it's so actually something that I've been doing since I was 14 years old. Okay. Um, yeah, we've kind of been, you know, through the whole circuit, shot the country, you know, played about with um, the, the UK team and all the rest of it oh, really? when I was a kid. Went away from it as I went off to university. You know, as you do, you go off to university, you find beer, ladies, um, all that sort of good stuff. And you, you're just taken away from it. You know, you kind of come out of it and you're trying to get a mortgage, trying to get your first job, yeah. kids, you know, your first dog and hamster and all that sort of good stuff. So <laughs> you end up leaving be what you potentially would have been amazing at. So, you know, if there's any kids out there that are kind of, you know, like showing a snippet of talent in, a, you know, some bit of sport or something. It's like, whilst you don't want to be that pushy parent, it's like you know, give them all the, the encouragement you can. Mm. Um, That's interesting. Do you feel a little bit of regret about that? But I can tell a little bit bitter about it. Uh, not bit. You kind of you you often wonder what could you have achieved had you have stuck at something yeah. that you thought you were quite good at. Mm. But uh, regret? No, not particularly because I wouldn't want to change what I've done. Yeah. Or, you know, the things that have, you know, uh, led to where you are now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all part of the learning curve, isn't it, mate? I, I often feel like that as well. It's, it's hard to regret your past because if you're, if you're in a good place now, like you've got to be grateful of the place that you're in and all the lessons that you've learned along the way that actually got you there, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's better to, I heard some, I think it was on the Speed Mentor podcast actually, where it's, uh, it's better to, um, feel failure than it is regret. Mm. Yeah, well, at least yeah, you can so learn kind of, from you know, failure, right? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I've spent the last what twenty odd years in IT as a salesperson, um, sales director, you know, all, all manners in between. We've started companies, since companies, and sold them, closed them. Um, my missus actually on the head now, you know, missus is a year younger than me and she's only ever had one in her entire life. Yeah. Everything else is, we, we've had like little bits and pieces, you know, working out of back bedrooms, doing all, you know, selling books, selling air purification systems, you know, been a commission only salesperson right through to, you know, signing hundreds of millions of pounds worth of, of business in, in the IT arena and you know, earning some good books. Yeah. Any kind of salesy type person, you know, the kind of, you know, you're full of your kind of your testosterone and self-worth and you, you, you're banging on there. That's where I probably started mid twenties kind of playing about with starting businesses. Right. Um, on the side whilst doing full-time employment. Um, so, so getting, getting yourself a little couple of side hustles going on and just kind of tinkering around yeah. with the idea of, of, of well, actually when, doing it yourself. So when, when we say side hustles, the, you know, things like, you know, we, we started play gyms, cafe, um, you know, play centers, party centers, you know, things that were turning over hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. 
alongside of, you know, kind of getting up at six o'clock in the morning, cash and carry just as it was opening, you know, jump in the, get a load of stock, take it out to the, to the cafes, the play gyms, um, stock them all up, go and do the nine to five, finish the, go back, tidy up, cash up, clean up, you know, take what needs to be done for, for stock the next day. You were doing that and have the nine to five as well? Oh yeah, for years, yeah, years and years and years, and that's, and then starting other hustles at the same time. So we, you know, a couple of lads in in work were kind of going, you know, how how do you do it? How do you do it? And I was like, well, it's quite easy, really, you know, um, if, if you're doing it in the right way and, and all the rest of it, um, yeah. you get the right idea. So we were like, right, let's go and start this, and we go and start an idea. And I suppose that's where I kind of then started to kind of come unstuck is that I'd have some amazing ideas no way of pushing them through mm. uh, and I've, I've probably started two dozen companies where it's been i've got an amazing idea in my mind anyway and then it's just filtered and gone ugh, fizzled and, and died a death why is that do you think um why probably the, the full nine to five not uh, you know not when you're in your 20s you kind of like I don't know business, you know, who's going to take me yeah. seriously? Um, I don't have any money to be able to do it. And you kind of, you put all the kind of excuses and all the rest of it, but best one in the world, you can kind of keep on doing, keep on doing, but there's only so many hours in a day. Right. And it sounds um, like you're trying to capitalize on as many of those hours and days as you could. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How why why how, sleep now? Well, how come like, later? you know, how, it, it surprises me that you're doing all that and then you still kept like the... Um, the nine to five. Why, why didn't you just chat the nine to five in? Was it just too much money that you couldn't you couldn't get well, rid of? Or like, so, well, yes, yes and no. So yeah, I mean, certainly back in that kind of late, you know, that kind of you know when the recession was kind of going on twenty seven yeah. to kind of twenty eleven, I was yeah, substantial six feet of salary. So it's you know it's hard to walk away from that sort of stuff, mm. um, even yeah. if it means a complete lifestyle change. Uh, it, it, it's hard to kind of justify, you know, yeah, you know, I can, I, if I walk away now, I'd actually be no different in my pocket because I can knock on the head all these expenses and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. we actually did do that for about two years where yeah. I just, I went and worked in one of the cafes and I just became like a barista in the cafe, mm. um, which was walking distance from my house. So sold cars, you know, got rid of everything. We actually, it was not long after the, the recession wasn't very kind to us. Um, and we, re we, we came so close. You know, you'd be kind of getting on a Monday thinking, how am I going to pay the mortgage on Thursday? Really? Yeah. You're you kind of like, crap, what, what am I going to do? And you just kind of, right, let's trade. Let's put an advert out. Let's do this. Let's, you know, if we, if we sell that stuff over there, we don't need the speakers in the living room anymore. We'll, you know, we'll do this and we'll kind of go on. And, um, you know, at that point in time, it kind of, you know, it very nearly cost us um, the, the house, you know, the marriage, all that sort of stuff. And it was like kind mm -hmm. of probably a bit of a reality check of saying, oh, look, you know, how much stuff can one person do? Yeah. Um, no, and that's when we kind of cut it back. The conversation we have with Alison actually is, what, when do you start outsourcing stuff to save yourself money? Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, and then that, yeah, it's, you know, as is. So kind of cut that back and then just jumped into a normal nine to five again. Um, <clears throat> but like any kind of entrepreneurial family, probably was only two years before we had our next business. Right. right. 
Um, and that probably started the, the buying of, that was the first one that we'd actually bought um, where it was one where we missed So the new business that you started is is that is that the archery was that the archery business? No, no. So this was uh, my missus went to go and um, just after finishing maternity with our third. Yeah. Um, she she said right, you know, she got a music degree. We'll go and work, and she went and worked for a little franchise. Um, it wasn't particularly doing fantastic. The, the lady said, um, you know, oh, it's not brill. So we went. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we buy it off you? And she went, okay, tell me how much. And we had a look and we, we came to an arrangement. Mm. Um, and that was the first one that we bought. How come you decided to like change the tactics then in terms of how you were going to go around that? Like what, what, what was it? The, how, where did you see the benefits of buying rather than starting from scratch? Because most people, when they start a business, it's kind of like, oh, this is my idea. This is my thing. This is, you know what I mean? I'm doing this for me and you know, I suppose it can be quite ego driven sometimes. Whereas like if you like making that like mental shift and thinking, actually there's a business here that we could buy and it kind of gives us a little bit of a head start. I mean, what, what was the thought process behind that mate? So that's exactly it. It's um, at, at the time it was, well, let's buy a job. Mm. Right. Um, you know, we, we, there's a business here that we, you, you, we kind of got some experience with some exposure to, um, we think we can do it a lot better than the existing person that owned it. Right. Um, so you kind of see potential, um, but you, you only need to pay for what is right now. And that's interesting because that, that, that's like all of your years of doing all these little bits and bobs and doing all these, you know, trying to start in these other businesses like the cafes and, and all these other things that you've done. That actually yeah. gives you the insight to, to see that opportunity, doesn't it? Because, if it, yeah. you wouldn't just be able to just go in and buy a business like that and know that you could, or even have the guts to think that you could do it better if you didn't have all that past experience, right? So I yep. suppose that experience really plays a part in, in the decision, doesn't it? it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, we, we, we were, uh, for that particular business, we weren't talking mega bucks. Yeah. You know, we, we weren't going to lose the house for right. the amount of money that we, it was still, you know, a decent, you know, tens of thousands, but it yeah. wasn't, um, you know, nothing. Not, you know, the, the banks weren't going to foreclose on us for that amount of money. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, so that, that kind of then started this, you know, we, we, we'd already started down that line of buying. And then off the back of all the podcasts, I, I came across the Dealmakers Academy. The Dealmakers Academy, right. Okay. Yeah. That? So, so that's a, a chap called Jonathan Jay, and he literally just talks you through um, buying companies. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then that is where I had a massive mind shift about 12 months ago. And it kind of built me, you know, it, it took that little bit of time of saying, well, we've done this before. Can we do it again? Um, so you listen to somebody say, just, just to kind of, um, sorry, mate, just to interrupt you there. Just curious. Did that business end up panning out then? Or like, how, how did that one go? Uh, well, the first one that we bought. Yeah. No, no, Mrs. still runs that four, four, four and a half years later on. And we've, I want to say quadrupled, maybe times by five, the size of business that that, that is. Oh, no. oh, nice. So you, so your intuition, your intuition was right then. You could do it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it, it doesn't take, you know, a lot of stuff is, is just common sense. Yeah. 
Um, and if you've got a bit announced about you, and like you say, you know, we, we'd already had a ton of exposures to what it's like to run a business. And you just think, well, well you, you know, you, you look at it and think, well, we don't need that expense. We don't need that expense. But if I go and advertise over here and I'm going to open a class over there and I go and open another office over here. So what, what is that business then, Pete? I think we skipped over that. Um, so it's, uh, she does um, music classes for preschool kids. It's a franchise um, called Rhythm Time. Um, and she bought the Huddersfield area. Right. Interesting. And okay, cool. So, so that sounds like that. So, so obviously that gave you confidence then with buying a business and then turning it round. Yes. So, so what was the next step from there then? Obviously she's still running that now, but then it sounds to yeah. me like that spurred you on to... to so take- yeah, we, we then did, because I was still in PAYE at that point, um, yeah. and I, I have been for the last kind of six years, six and a half years or so. Mm. We then kind of like dipped in and out of putting money into other companies and taking it out, putting money in, taking it out. Um, the proper, the last proper, uh, proper acquisition that we've done would be the one that we've just done now, which is for the archery shop. So again, it started with let's, you know, I, I, I thought, right, you know, I want to get out of the IT industry. I've been in it for 20 odd years. Yeah. Um, what, what do I do? I want to do follow my passion, follow something that's completely different. Um, I'll start an archery shop. So I started an online archery shop and okay. just selling to friends and local clubs and all the rest of it. And, you know, it's only turning over like a few thousand. I was like, right, how do I make this into something that I can, I can run and I can take a wage from? Yeah. And then I started listening to the whole kind of, you know, the Dealmaker Academy and uh, another one called Carl Allen. Um, another British lad lives, I think, in America at the moment and doing all the podcasts around how do you buy a business? Um, right. So I was like, right, let, let's try this. Yeah. Um, we'll go off and I'll, I'll go and write to a load of companies um, and see whether we can, we, can, we can do it. So I wrote to a bunch of companies and I got to tell you, I wrote to them on like a Tuesday and I got a telephone call back off. Um, one of the first ones on the Friday. Yeah. And what, um, what was the what was the what was the letter? Was it just a letter that you sent? Uh, so yeah, just a, a plain so typed up a letter. Um, and this is kind of little lessons that you're kind of learning off the podcast of you know write a letter saying hi you know I'm a friendly investor really like what you've done with you know with the business that you've done and, and kind of drop a, a few little you know little nuggets in there. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in, in purchasing if, you know, we can come to some arrangement, would you be happy to do a telephone call um, and then handwrite the letter to the home address, um, which you get, you know, from company's house. It's, you know, it's nice and easy to get most people's home addresses nowadays. Um, yeah. Fire it out. And yeah, lo and behold, I got a, a call. It took us probably three months of negotiation. Um, uh, coming backwards and forwards. No, the premise that I'm buying stuff on is um, you, if you find the right company, then you do um, like a kind of a, what the class is an initial consideration, a little bit of money up front, and then an earn out over a period of time. Right. And that's exactly it. Now, if you can get that amount of money up front as small as possible, and the earn out as friendly as possible. Yeah how big an opportunity could you go after? Could you buy IBM? Which would typically, this is how the vast majority of companies 
are always purchased, you know, with a kind of a, a stocks and shares exchange or a small amount of capital with a big earn out. You hear about it all the time. So why can't you or I do it? And that's exactly what we tested the water with doing. And so we've done this one now, which took my little online business that I was doing as a side hustle of a couple of thousand yeah. into kind of just shy of a million wow. overnight. So, um, so let, let, let this, I've got to ask some questions there, man, because there's a couple of things I just want to be, I want to clarify for myself and just, I, I'm, I don't know anything about this kind of stuff in terms of acquisitions and stuff like that. So I just first want to just clarify some of my understanding of the terms you're using here. So like um, the deal by the sounds of it to me is like you, you're going to, you're going to pay the, the current business owner or the previous business owner as a, you know, a small amount of money up front and then earn out. What do you mean by that? So that means that... So, so that is you use the profits from the business to be able yeah. to pay for the business over time. Right. Okay. So you'll strike like, okay, well, we'll give you X amount of profits for the next however many years or something along, that, something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So, so, so then at that point, do they still have to work in the business or do you completely take over the business? There is. It depends how you want to structure it. Um, the way that I've structured this now is they, 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 form no, they no longer form any part of the business right. other than an initial handover. Um, right. Where, you know, it's, 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 it's got to be all very amicable. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, is the, that is the biggest thing. You've got to befriend people and kind of say, you know, you, you're, it's massive risk for them to be able mm. to do this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's very covered contractually. So the risk is minimalized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you need help because there's no way, unless you knew something intimately, it, it's be very difficult for you to be able to kind of just step into that business and, and understand exactly how it runs from day one. So yeah, you, you, you we've is, got kind of a six the, to eight weeks where they're on, on tap almost unlimitlessly mm. to right. be able to give you, you know, every point to show all that sort of stuff, you know, hand over all the bank, hand over all the payroll, the pensions, right. the, the systems, the logins, the admins, the, you know, everything that you, that you need yeah. to understand to be able to run it. You go in there. Now, this is, there's, there's two ways of going about this. You could, um, you, you can buy yourself a job where you're typically, some, you know, something that's maybe sub-million pound turnover. You, you, you're typically buying yourself a job. You know, that business wouldn't operate unless you were in it. Once you kind of start to get to slightly larger companies where you've got, you know, maybe million to five million turnover, where you've got maybe, you know, 10 plus employees, that business could potentially operate without you being in it. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you kind of, I suppose we've tested the water on this one by almost being a job and it's kind of, it, it's nearly there. It could, you know, um, I'm going on holiday at the end of this week. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of standard test of, you know, will it operate while I'm not here, which I'm pretty confident it would do with the amount of employees that it's got. Yeah. Um, there are certain that, things. That, that was going to be a question, do. actually, that I were to ask. So, when, when you when you purchased the business, I, I take it by the sounds of things, there was employees that you know had to yep. get used to new ownership and, and all that kind yes. of. Stuff. How did how did that pan out? Like, was that difficult or? Um, no, I suppose on the basis that one thing that I've learned is that you, um, when you first go in, you have to go in as 
kind of like the understudy and make it plain that you're there to learn from them and help yeah. and yeah. encourage and coax and coach. Mm. You're not there to be some massive dictator. Yeah. The new yeah. guy, the new yeah. guy that everybody hates because they're just being a bit of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's the other, the other side of, if you're buying a bigger business, you can, you're just the owner. Yeah. You know, it does Philip Green when he bought, was it New Look or BHS, whatever. Yeah. You know, I bet he didn't go and have a look at the books too hard. He just went, go on, crack on. There you go. Yeah. You know, I'm off to the med again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where are the keys to my boat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and he only exchanged one pound for, for BHS, wasn't it? When he did it. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, and you buy BHS and you're thinking to yourself, kind of going, how do you, I, that's not possible, surely. And you're like, well, other people have done it. It's there. It hits the headline news. So, yeah. if you, you know, if, if we could do it with a pound, could you do it with a pound? So, okay, well, let's jump back onto this thing. So I did, I did cut you off a little bit there, mate. So apologies about that. I was just, no, I was just interested to find out about the staffing situation. Because I think, you know, you said, you, I mean, you said off, off the mics and off the call, you know, it's, the story is pretty boring. But it's the details that I think is interesting. Because, you know, if somebody's going to think of doing something like this, you know, there's lots of little things that you have to bear in mind. Obviously, you've had a little bit of help with, understanding the process and understanding like some tips and tricks around how to, to pull something like this off and, and pull off a successful acquisition and integrate yourself into the business, which is great because you've been listening to those podcasts. Um, so don't get, don't, don't get the listen to that as being a thing. I literally, I went to the first meeting. Um, no, I went to the second meeting with the, with the, with the business owners and in that with their accountant and lawyer. Yeah we agreed what the sale was and I kind of flummoxed my way through it a little bit. I got outside, sat in the car and went, shit, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Having just agreed to do it, mm. you know, and literally completely fresh, never done, you know, not to this scale anyway, yeah. you know, you kind of come out and your hands are shaking and then I got on the, on the phone and said, right, we've done it. Crap. How are we going to do it? <laughs> i'll figure it out don't worry yeah we've said this i don't know how but we'll figure it out somehow <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so yeah so when i say you know it's but it, it, yes it, yeah it's been a proper roller coaster exciting um, little piece in time but i said you know you kind of you know there's, there's so much kind of learning material out there that you can go you you can get you know, a lot of people kind of say, you know, fake it till you make it. And mm. it, it's easy to be able to kind of fluster your way through something a little bit. Yeah. And be more confident because you think the other person on the other side of the table has never done this before either. Yeah. If you're in front of the right type of person. Yeah, yeah. So you only have to have that confidence um, and, and kind of air of authority and you, yeah. you can achieve stuff. Oh, you know, yeah. As a salesperson, how many times have you been in front of somebody and gone, you know, yeah, absolutely, we can do this. I mean, Dan, how many times you know, you're on a massive building site and gone, crap, where am I going to get nine and a half million bricks from? <laughs> oh, don't worry, lads, I'll do it. You know? It's one of the most famous sayings in the book, isn't it? Yeah, I know where to get them from. Yeah. Yeah, that. yeah no <laughs> problem. Do that. But, but ultimately you know. speaking is I, I've got as much luck as of finding them, if not slightly more because of who I know, against the builder. So I just know that where my cards are stronger in the hand against theirs. 
And, yeah. and I think that's what it is, is that ultimately speaking, you, the, the, with, with my business, with anyone's business, I suppose you've just got to be good at capitalising on people that are better than you and knowing where to get the answers from. Y- yes, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, where to go and, and that's still and you've bought a business with people in it who, in, in this instance, were better at you because they knew exactly how this business ran. Yep. Uh, and ultimately speaking, it was your job to learn from them to then become their boss and to manage them and their expectations as opposed to them yeah. and the way that they run the business that you, you are now the owner of. Yeah, so I, I never look at myself as being the boss. I'm always the apprentice. Interesting. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. <clears throat> so if, if you're employing somebody, they should be employed because they're smarter than you at doing that task. Yeah. Um, and, you know, unless you're, you know, unless you're pulling in an, an apprentice, that person, if you're, if you're, you know, if you've got a job role or something to be able to do, I'm, you know, I'm looking for somebody to be able to take that on so that they can, either they are very close to or already are better than you at doing that particular role so they can then take that off you. Yeah. Yeah, I like that mentality. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so these guys can always teach me stuff. You know, granted, you know, I can teach them some stuff yeah. and, and help and coax and, you know, uh, you know, be the, the kind of the front person. But at the same time, it's, yeah, you've got to, you know, I, I'm here to learn yeah. as much and, and as anything. Ultimately, all, you, all, all that's in your interest to really do is to keep these guys motivated to come to work, do the best they can yeah. so that you can make decisions to make their lives easier. Yeah, or, I remember listening to um, an interview with, um, uh, what's it called, um, Fred Flintoff. Yeah. yeah. And he, he was saying, you know, like when, when they used to go out pitch, and he said that the coach there is to, that the sole thing is not to tell you know, how to bowl, where to do it, is, is to make you feel like a million dollars when you walk out on the pitch mm. so that you're at the point where you can perform at your best. Yeah, I like it. So it, it's, it's very much a coach slash leadership position that you're in now, isn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. Other than that, other than doing the accounts and yeah, sort of <laughs> all that kind of rubbishy, you know, why is the pension not speaking to the payroll? <laughs> nah. So another question I've got is, is how then you went about integrating your online business with the physical store? So, so there is already a, uh, an online, so it was quite easy to be able to kind of just turn around to the IT guys and say, can you just roll my existing into this existing? Right. Went, uh, yeah, of course we can. Right, so, right. Right, there you go. Off you go. Cracking. Done. Finished. And that was easy. Out of interest, like how much business is done online compared to it, like physical in the shop? Uh, so, uh, last year's accounts, it's 50-50. Was it? That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's surprising, I think, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, well, I suppose maybe it's because of the nature of what this is. Because, you know, especially like people online buy lots and lots and lots of cheaper items. Yeah. In the store, they come in to buy the slightly more personal items or the bigger ticket items. They want to get hands on with it before they hand over the cash. Yeah. So if you're going to spend, you know, a thousand pounds on something, you want to touch it, feel it, make it make sure yeah. it looks right first. Whereas if you're going to spend a tenner on something, it's like, hey, I'll just go to Amazon and order it online. So yeah. is there, obviously you've got the shop there, Pete. Is there, what, what else is there as well? Is there, you've got a range and everything as well? Yeah, yeah. yep. So, uh, I mean, it's only a little thing, but I mean, 
uh, and it's old and tattered and battered and all the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I bought my first set of equipment from this very shop 27 years ago. Oh, wow. um, and it's been in its current location for 41 years. Um, so I'm buying a chunk of history as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super cool, man. Especially with like, with you having that uh, connection with it from the past. Has it, re it reignited your passion for archery again? I would love to say yes, but I haven't got and I've had an opportunity to actually shoot because I'm so busy here. Really? But, no. Yeah. No. Um, it has, absolutely, I've, I've got a passion for it. But I think I'm also now that kind of thing, you know, when I was younger, I'd have been well in, you know, I'd have been shooting until, you know, the cows came home. Yeah. Um, now, I can, you know, I'll grab 15 minutes every here, there and everywhere. You know, yeah. still good, still to a decent um, level and all the rest of it. But um, I, I think, my my focus at the moment is to build this because there's already plans afoot to add to it. Um, wow. There are already conversations being had to add to the portfolio, both in the same sector uh, where other companies have said, well, if you bought them, do you fancy buying me? Oh, really? Yeah. So just that making it known that you've done it mm. has already opened a door to say, well, doors yeah. to say, there's other opportunities in the same sector. And I've also put out an offer for something that's completely, totally different and on a, on a very different scale where this is kind of just teetering underneath that million. This is, you know, the next one is, is, is multi-millions. Mm. Um, Can you talk much but, about what it is or no? Uh, it, it's selling stickers. Okay. Like yeah. a sticker mule type thing. So, yeah, anything from stickers that say, you know, like um, uh, uh, what you might put on the top of your food barrel that says, you know, date of manufacture or whatever, through to stickers of, you know, like um, put in your primary school book of well done or teacher's best pet or, you know, headmistress <laughs> says. Never had one of them ones, mate. <laughs> no, yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. Uh, um, okay, well, that's. That's kind of, you know, throwing me a little off guard. So I, I have another question then. So how do you, like, what's your criteria of, of, of what you think is a good investment or not? Because I can kind of understand the archery side of things because you've got that kind of past tie with it and, you know, you kind of know your way around, around the, the industry, I suppose. Whereas a stickers industry or whatever it may be, like how, how does that even come about in your head that you think like that sounds like a good idea? Like what's the criteria that you're going through? Um, so the, the criteria is uh, I, I'm not at this point, I'm quite risk averse just at this point in time of my life. Yeah. Um, so I'm not interested in businesses that are kind of, you know, maybe failing a little bit. I'm, I'm only interested in, in a company that looks and feels solid mm. and you know isn't going to go under that doesn't have to do too much effort on um so the, the the sticker side of things kind of came along it was location so i, I just went right I, you know, that that trading estate over there looks like it's, it's quite close to home and it fits this bill i'll have a look at what companies trade on it right um, and I just went and had a look at, you know, companies and I, I found uh, a couple of companies that were of the right kind of size, looked on paper for what, you know, the accounts that you can see put in at companies house, yeah. looked profitable-ish. Yeah. Um, I was looking for people that might be kind of, you know, the, the owners are 
not to be too undisrespectful, but getting on a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And thus might have that encouragement of, well, yeah, actually, you know, I have think, been thinking about stepping back a bit. This is now a good time. Because you have to, when you're doing it in this way, there's no point in going to a, you know, 30-something-year-old that's, you know, grinding it out and, and, and making good profits because they're going to want absolute top dollar. Mm. Whereas somebody that's, you know, already paid the mortgage off and kind of done, you know, spent 30 years in that business might be a little bit fed up with it. I'm kind of going, you know what? It'd be lovely if I didn't have to go and sign the books every month, uh, every, you know, and, and have my weekly sales um, conference call. And, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, kind of get it down. So it's like, you know what? Yeah. If you can put together a deal that works for both of us, fantastic. Yeah. That's an interesting um, one. Yeah. I, 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 and the same thing, too. So, so, like, Dan, you know, what would stop you from going right into all the. Um, kind of trade not the trades the um the like the little outlets in your area saying hey you know look we're with this big thriving startup with loads of energy you you know you've been at it for a little while would you fancy talking and, and saying could, could i buy you and, and give yourself instantly more buying power more you know well, a location and all that well, i was with someone last week and and they said x y and z person is in your industry what are you doing doing about that and i said well, i'm buying from them at the moment um yeah. and so you sort of like you know you keep your enemies close your friends close your enemies even closer kind of scenario isn't it and actually ultimately speaking I, I, this is a really interesting episode for me because actually the acquisition thing's been sort of in the back of my head because obviously I, i've got various plans where i want to take dts to etc etc um but but one big part of that is actually getting it to a, sustain, a sustainable point where i can actually take a step back yeah so, uh, so how do you feel acquisition plays into that, though, Dan? I, I think it's going to be necessary. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where I, I can continue buying from my competition, or they can continue buying from me because my buying power is going it is growing far quicker than they are. Right. Um, we're a lot more forward thinking. I'm utilising technology and all this kind of thing a lot better. Um, but one thing that I haven't got on my side at the moment is is ten years. Yeah. Um, so if you just if you if you were to acquire like a small builders merchant near you, let's say, then you'd all automatically just you know I don't know, let's say increase your network by like thirty percent or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean the, the biggest issue I have at the moment, as as all of our listeners will be aware, is I operate out of a shed in my garden. So a lot <laughs> a lot of deals that I I do are based on the fact that my supplier was taking that product and delivering it to somewhere else and um, that may not be site that may be somewhere else but it, it's it's that movement of stock whereas actually there are a lot of a lot of instances where if i was able to take stock and arrange logistics myself i in some instances say thousands yeah um but in order to i mean I, i'm in the center of colchester 40 minutes from london for me to get any amount of land that that does that well it's silly money. So it's, it's one of those things where actually, actually buying a business could be the best option because you kind of take on the operation costs and all that kind of thing, just integrate the two businesses together. 
Well, it yeah, sounds absolutely. like it's definitely an option to to consider, eh? It's, it kind of makes sense, I think, for, for what you're doing, at least to look at it. But, but for I, you as well, Sam, though, you know, what, what's to stop you, you know, if you've got like a, you know, the digital agency or a, or another, what's the, is it the KBV engine? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's right, man, yeah. <clears throat> so what's to stop you from trying to purchase another software company that does not necessarily the same thing, but... Another foot in the door into the KPB sector or, or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't even have to be the same sector, does it? You know, it could be that they write something that is for the automotive industry. Mm. But it can be tweaked. But it could be tweaked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd be lying if I if I said I hadn't at least thought about it. Um, there's a couple of platforms. I think most people are very scared about doing it because it's it's quite unknown. Everybody just wants to start. Yeah. Because um, it almost feels like a cheat if you buy it. You know, yeah. whereas if you've come up with the idea. Well, as you know, kind of you think so. You're running, you know, um, DTS. Yeah. But is is that not just a, um, oh. a builder's merchants, but run from your own plans, but with a, a tweak all of the business model? Buyer. Uh, yeah. So, so you're, you're, not, you're not completely reinvented anything. Oh, I'm not reinventing anything. I I I I've always had a skill set for capitalising on people that are better than me. Uh, and what better yeah. way of doing that than than sort of throwing yourself in the middle and just putting dots together? Yeah, uh, absolutely. All this this really was as as a, as a plan really was was just joining dots as an exercise. What what has happened sort of over the last ten eleven months is actually what we've discovered that actually all of the big big time commercial builders and and all those kind of things they've got buying teams and and they're doing exactly what I'm doing on a day-to-day yeah. basis, buying from the same people that I'm buying from. All I'm doing is doing that for, for small to medium-sized builders that haven't got the time or the manpower to do that for them. Uh, so effectively, I'm giving the small to medium-sized builders the opportunity to appear much, much bigger, but also much, much more efficient. Uh, yeah. but, but ultimately, like I said previously, having some kind of land and, and that infrastructure in place to, to buy me better deals will ultimately buy my customers better deals and sort of drive the industry forward because yeah. ultimately speaking, what I want is for people to want to buy from me because they've heard of me, not because I've got, come knocking on their door. And, and we're getting there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? Actually, you, you, point, you, you did something the other day and I was like, I was kind of listening to the radio and I was like, is that what I do? Is that what I do? So you were saying that you put the job offer out for the business dev people. In, in personally speaking, yeah. I always think that the owner is the best salesperson in any company. Mm. There, is, there is never going to be anybody that's better no. at that. And I was just like, damn, damn, are you doing the right thing there? You know, should you actually be... You said that you, you didn't Sam. want to employ somebody... Um, Very down. quickly, Sam. When's oh, this going out? Say again? When's this episode going out? Good question. Maybe... Uh, if, if we can send to it middle of August, then I can talk. <laughs> yeah, we can do middle of August, yeah. Do middle of August. Okay, so, so the two people that are, are joining me are both coming from the place where my dad used to run the business. Okay. So I'm effectively buying his sales team. Right. So... And, and with that, I, I'm buying the relationship that the three of them have already got together. So I can effectively sit back and watch and focus on the stuff I'm good at. They're going to effectively run another half of this business. So I'm going to carry on running DTS as it is now. Right. Okay. Um, so it's got split, split slightly down the middle. I, I then can focus on the bits that I'm good at. So the windows, the doors, the, the, the longer burning stuff. 
that requires right. more time, more attention. So if I'm doing something with windows and doors, for example, take for example, one that closed two weeks ago. Um, I quoted it for the first time in December last year. I had four site visits and I reckon every week from April, I had at least an hour on the phone with the architect, the builder, or, or someone in between. It's a, it's a very time consuming thing. And if you've got five or six of them on the go at the same time, it's, it's not plausible to then focus on all the little bits and bobs. Whereas with these guys, they can focus on churning all the small stuff, um, which isn't as profitable on, on the offset, but the volume of it and, and the, sort of the speed that things roll on make the business very sustainable. And then the stuff that I bring in, it might be an order a month, it might be an order every two months kind of scenario, but the chunk of margin that comes out of that is then just sort of a big kind of sort of in Mario terms, the mushroom that makes you bigger. <laughs> you know what I mean, so actually it's, it's tactical in the sense that I'm spending a lot of my time at the moment trying to do the windows and doors side of things, which I know is very profitable and it, it's, it's, it's kind of ticking the business over. Um, but we've got this other side of the business where it's buying your bricks, buying your blocks, buying your insulations, all that kind of stuff where there could be orders where we're selling stuff for a couple hundred quid and making a pound. But yeah, 50 of them, you've made 50 quid. And, and all of a sudden, but, but you need to be on the phone dealing with that kind of stuff eight hours a day, five days a week. Whereas the windows and door side of things. You need you, a little bit of founder's magic in there, basically, it, is what you're saying. It, it, well, it, yeah. it's just that attention to detail that if you don't have that attention to detail or, or something slips from your brain when you're doing it, can be really costly once it's delivered and, and pre-fitting because if if you get a window the wrong size i mean i, I quoted a job today it's about twenty two thousand pound cost right yeah so, so you get one of them wrong and all of a sudden it, it, it's a couple of grand that you could be having to sort of fork out to, to remake something so actually it pays to have that attention to detail and, and unfortunately i'm having to take on less of those jobs at the moment um where, where the margins are are higher purely because I haven't physically got it in me to give the attention to detail with all the other bits and bobs that I'm having to do in my day to day. So right. it's, it's, a, it's a tactical thing for me bringing on these two boys where, where we are now because I'm effectively buying an established sales team, much like you're buying an established business. I'm, I'm pulling them out of a business that they're not enjoying working for anymore and throwing them into a scenario where effectively my dad and these two guys are so used to working around each other. I mean, they've both been in, all three of them have been working together for the last six, six and a half years. So, right, okay. so, there, so there's a yeah. relationship there that, that in terms of risk, yeah, there's a risk, but what they what they are bringing to the party is the fact that the three of them are known in the industry together as a team. Okay. Fair dues, fair dues. So, yeah, I was thinking it was slightly different where you see kind of people just buy in a salesperson and just hope that sales then happen. Yeah, no, actually, it would be it'd be more make more sense to buy uh, some you know a, a back office person mm. at a cheaper yeah. cost. Yeah, let so. them train you know get trained up on doing that, and allow you then to focus out and go and be the you know the the, the bigger front person. Yeah, well, but, that's it, and, and and it all kind of crossed my mind and, and and that kind of thing. I mean, the opportunity for these guys, uh, I I had a kind of a choice between having one of them and moving out of this office and giving ourselves a bit more of a front or having both of them and, and sort of delaying that side of things. Um, and actually they both kind of turned around and said, well, can we both come at the same time? Cause I was thinking about staggering it as well. 
and and okay. because they both they're both coming with this attitude of we want to come in and we want to succeed and we've drawn out a plan as to, as to where they're going to be earning in year one through to where they'll be earning in year five if they hit sort of these small targets throughout the, the course of five years um they'll do very well out of it i'll do even better out of it kind of scenario and that's not taking into consideration then me being able to focus full-time again on windows and doors i mean when i was working for the last company i worked for i was bringing in sort of two two and a half million pounds worth of sales in terms of the windows and doors side of things i mean this year we'll probably hit two hundred thousand pounds worth of windows and doors so there's a lot more in me in terms of the windows and doors sales side of things where if I can get average margins on of sort of 10, 20% on, on windows and doors, happy days. If I can get back to the million pound, 2 million pound mark. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we should look to wrap this episode up. I think we're about 50 minutes deep. <clears throat> um, I'm just chatting away. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good though, man. I think Pete, it's been really Definitely useful. Say again. Definitely got me thinking. Yeah, yeah it's true. You know what? I was one of those. I thought you were going to ask me all night. Can you drop this nugget? Can you drop that nugget? And I was like, you know what? I am so pumped. There was an episode. I think was it Adam that was chatting the other day about how um, it, was, it was. It was chatting to somebody, and they were dropping like little nuggets all over the place. Um, and I was like, yeah, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you'd have asked me, what do you do? I'd have gone, I don't know. Um, and she was like, I, I don't know. I, I was, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't kind of try and pick my brain too much on, you know, like <laughs> details. Because it was just like, if there's anybody that's got any deep questions, it's usually me trying to pick the details out. But I think, you, it, 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 again, like you said before we jumped on the podcast, the, the, my story's pretty boring. But you just think that because it's you. Like, you know, there's many. There's many little things that we can all pick up from each other. And I think you yeah. know, that's what we try and do just by having a chilled conversation with each other on this podcast. So yeah. with that being said, mate, thanks a lot for... Yeah. for uh, You're very welcome. If anybody does have any questions as well about you know, acquisition, what it looks like, financing, legals, all the jargony stuff that uh, you know, I've kind of been learning over the last year or two, um, feel free, drop us a line, message, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, and the... Pete Bowers, right? Uh, Peter Bowers, I think it is. Peter Bowers. Um, yeah, give me my full Sunday name. I, <laughs> I feel like I'm being told off by my nan whenever somebody <laughs> calls me Peter. Um, but yep, yep, I'm, I'm the. You, you'll see me. I'm, I tend to, I, in fits and spurts on the on startup diary, but uh, I'm, I'm the. I'm happy to help if I can. Perfect, mate. Well, pretty much appreciated. Um, and if anybody's got any questions for us, Dan, where can they find us? Podcast at allthatgoodstuff.net. Perfect. He says confidently. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, guys. Look, it's been a pleasure. And uh, let's get out of here and go enjoy the nice sunny weather. Oh, I'm yes. going to swim in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Thank you, mate. Bye. Bye. Bye.